Good evening, everyone. Welcome to WCW 2000, the final frontier. Oh, thank Christ. With the one and only Mr. Chris Wilson. Hello, Chris. Oh, bought on your T-shirt. Yes. Ah, all out of uh, bought collection plates. Yes, thank God. The end is near. We're at the end. Thank fuck for that. What a, what a cracking theme tune that was as well, the end It was, it? yeah. I was just thinking, uh, it wasn't the greatest of pay-per-views, but uh, WWF were bringing out Armageddon 2000 about the same time as this pay-per-view about to review. In my opinion, a classic six-man Hell in Cell match going on there. Whereas we've got Scott Steiner versus Sid Vicious of the main event. Just you to put that into perspective. You know what? I think uh, we actually reviewed that for the uh, for the old podcast, Armageddon I'm, 2000. I'm... I'm, 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 I'm I'm pretty sure you're correct. I'm pretty sure this is that the opinion was, which is the correct one. Uh, it's basically the undercard's got fuck all going on, apart yeah. from Jericho, Kane, and Aspen standing match because they put all the stars of the main event. Exactly. It was, a decent main, it was a decent main event, not like in your top five held or so matches or anything like that, but it, it was good fun. It's Rikishi. Rikishi. Thought, Rikishi. Yeah, found on to a better sawdust, including a literal bed underneath that sawdust. He almost felt like the Silent Night hippo, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. He looked comfortable in there. I was quite envious of him. God, God, knows, who, God, knew, God knows who would ducky that evening. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyhow, moving on. Um, how you been, Chris? Have you been well? Um, I'm, I'm a bit full of cold, so if I sound a bit more monotonous uh, this this time, it's, uh, yeah, I've got loads of mucus in the back of my nose, so... Find it hard to pronounce a few words at a minute, but yeah, <laughs> it's so, what it is. It, it is what it is. But apart from that, no, we're all, all, all good, all good. Finally, glad to get to the end of WCW 2000. Though, I'm not gonna lie. Well, um, you know what? Well, well, we'll get into it. But I think this is a better month. But thank fuck, it's ending. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame because I mean, I can tell you. The three pay-per-views in 2001 that we're not doing, please don't write in, um, are much better, far, far better. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on now. I'm, I'm ready to move on to some actual decent wrestling, some actual threats of four-star matches on any given card. It, it, it will be nice to finally go to pastures greener than what we've had for last year. TNA, TNA. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm already uh, relishing next September the unbreakable three man main event. So oh, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. yes. Anyway, shall we get into the TV, folks? If we must. Yeah. If we must. Why not? Actually, I've watched, I think, every episode until um, the Nitros and Thunder going up to this uh, pay-per-view. Um, it's a very short run running, I will say. It is, yeah, yeah. You're talking about what? Only November 26th until the 17th of uh, of December. So what, three weeks of TV for that? Yeah, Maybe yeah, four, yeah. A push? They, they, must, they, <laughs> they must have heard me from the future saying, please be short, mm. please be short. Yeah, but I've got I've got all this up here. Yeah, it's literally only six episodes between the two. So which which might explain why this card looks how it is and why a lot of this card ends how it does. 
Mm. They feel they haven't had enough time here, I think, is the mm. recurring theme of tonight's card. Well, November 27th, Nitro now. As we start off with Scott Steiner wanting a new challenger. Out comes Ric Flair, who says his opponent will be at Starcade, but will turn up tonight. Flair says Booker T is out indefinitely. Um, Stevie Ray then comes out and wants Steiner's fruity booty in a match. Uh, <laughs> title versus career. Fruity booties. Even. <laughs> I mean, surely most people be tuned Stevie Ray to lose, thinking, God, no more, no more leaning on your much more talented brother. Well, for, well, thing is, um, well, the results of this match, Scott Steiner wins, but um, basically, like a week after, Stevie Ray's back out to the announce desk. Yeah, yeah. So, out for five pad into the shitter. Sandstorm versus Young Yang now. Um, so we have, um, there was a bit in the move in this match, an interesting way by Yang to stop. Uh, Lance Storm, he was doing that, Aloha, Ram. Aloha. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, Yang just headbutts um, Lance Storm in the uh, old uh, Yam bag. Nice, nice. And uh, just to roll him up, he only got a two count for that. What happens, though, with the finish of this match is the cat comes out, wheel kick Storm, and then Yang pins Lance Storm in a shock. Oh, I don't remember that happening. I know, I couldn't believe it was happening. Nice little five-minute match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I did get to see these. I, I not normally this time, but it's one of those that sounds all right on paper, actually. I think someone's just like, oh, I wonder what happened if these two get put in a match. I'm not sure about Lance Storm losing so soon, though, after losing his feud against General of Action. I just feel like you need to build him back up again. Mm. Quick quick, quick note. Um, I'm on some new energy drink here from the uh, the local um, off-license. Raptor Citrus Energy. A quid. Okay, interested. It, t- it took me eye because I've not had it before. It's not recommended for children or pregnant or breastfeeding women. So I should be all right, even with my tits. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I- I'm on the uh, glass bottle of Diet Coke because it's near Christmas. So, you know, you're going to have the uh, glass bottles of Coke going on. The posh bottles. Mm. It is, yeah, yeah. Going back well, to the covered, apparently. They are. Always Coca-Cola. Anyway, back to the WCW. Um, the Harris boys are now playing the role of the APA. Great. Wait, wait, wait the Harris boys? Oh, dear. Well, the, the, it's also Chronic playing the roles of the APA as well. I've, but they're not feuded. No. So the reason is, so Chronic basically told Disco Inferno to go fuck off. And then Disco Inferno yeah. found the Harris boys instead who were like a a, a, a worse replacement and seen, seen what they could offer. And I think they were cheaper as well. I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> so Harris boys are really more cheaper than Chronic. At least I know their place, at the very least. But he's he's just very, very much copycat of um, yeah. WWF. 
Uh, Raya Harris boys still on my TV screen at this stage. I've the pay-per-view as well. I thought I was done with them. Fuck's sake. Well, I'll give you two words. Jeff and Jarrett. I thought he was going to say Nazi scum, but there you go. <laughs> anyway, um, talking of another pair of baldies now, it's um, Reno, our favourite from last time, not. Uh, versus, versus Big Bad Bill Goldberg. Oh, better. There we go. Better. So the results of this, Goldberg kills Reno, uh, countered the roll of the dice as well. I put, let's not see Reno again, the dirt worst. Well, we uh, won't we, see him again. <laughs> we have, yeah, one more time. For the last time, unless we do WCW Sid, we're definitely not doing WCW Sid. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, um, if I remember rightly, Reno versus Big Vito at Sid is the worst match by quite a mile, by quite, by, quite, uh, by quite a margin of that pay-per-view. So, yeah, definitely not. No, no, no. Main event, Scott Steiner versus Stevie Ray title versus Korea with eight minutes left in the programme. You have Stevie Ray hitting the bookend, but only gets a two. Ends with Steiner winning with the recliner. Scott Hudson on commentary says, it's a black day for WCW because Stevie Ray has lost his career. No, it isn't. It's literally the reverse of that. There should be like a big... Like Thanksgiving style parade for Scott Steiner for for vanquishing the evil Stevie Ray, being completely fucking lazy and just you know, Booker wasted seven years of his career, seven plus years on on him. Bloody hell! Being hung around with the dead weight—that is Stevie Ray. Yeah, yeah. That's why Booker was so hench. Anyway, the 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 end of this show. Here comes Scott Steiner's opponent. It's the one and only Sydney. Uh, yeah. So I noticed in WCW when business has gone way, way down, you bring Sid back in. You know what this felt like to me? It felt like us watching January, like December, December 99 to February, March 2000 all yeah, yeah. over again. So I, I realised, so Sid, in every single match we've, we've reviewed during 2000, before being the main event, is all four matches are, are in the main event. He, he, he doesn't do semi, semi-mains, brother. No, <laughs> brother. November 29th, Thunder now. Here we go, Battle of Former Partners. With the WCW hardcore title on the line, it's David Flair versus Crowbar. Who do you think wins? Well, you know who wins. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, I'm going to say, because Crowbar's got a match at pay-per-view, David Flair. Crowbar wins. Wallops oh. Dave with a wrench to retain. And then out comes a returning Stacey Keebler, who, st- who we still haven't found out who's the daddy. Oh, God, yeah, that plot line. Did he even bring it up? I was just like, God, uh, we'll forget about that. It was supposed it's to be Russo. Fuck it. Sort of bring it up, but sort of just, I think it's just like gone now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, because the grand reveal for anyone that doesn't know is 
Stacy Keeper comes out a couple of weeks before WCW ends. Basically says, "Who's the daddy?" And then she basically says, "It's Sean Stasiak. He's my daddy." And then it's really weird. She comes out with like a, a pram, and inside the pram, I've eight by tens of Sean Stasiak for Becker of Manhood, apparently. And there's no baby. The end. Great booking. US, ti- US title now. As, uh, the franchise faces general wrecking. Um, God, I'll put, put here, Tory Wilson cuts an awful promo before the match. She even calls it the WCW. Learning from the best. Hey, if, if Brett calls it WCW, everyone should be calling it the WCW. The summer Brett, Hart, <laughs> Brett Hart was always right. He was, he was. Um, but the match ends when Tory gets injured and stretched out. I think General Rection just like balled into her. Yeah, yeah. I think that's her WCW, isn't it? Um, because I go because she was gone long before the closure. And, uh, WWF brought her in regardless. So right. even if WCW had a even if WCW hadn't, you know, been bought, she would have ended up in WWF in summer 2001 anyway, because she was gone from her contract quite a few months before uh, the company would, was done, if I remember rightly. Right. Um, well, I'll have to go to 2001 to see in my own time, Chris. No, no. <laughs> what, for leisure? For leisure, yeah. For shits and giggles. Anyway, talking of shits and giggles, it's a tables match now. With Bam Bam Bigelow versus Sergeant A Wall. Oh God, Bamas wins next. No, you kidding me? The Wall brother wins a table match, brother. Fucking hell! Chokes, at the end cho- of the year. Yeah, at the end of the year, after he chokes some Bama through one, after help from Mike Orson. Oh, bicycle kick! Jesus, so. If anyone listening in the future were watching France versus Morocco, 43rd minute, France 1 0. And in a bigger miracle, I'm the only person on the planet who's, on, who's within 30 seconds of uh, Andy's stream because I also have Sky. Oh, bloody hell, that was proper base at the polls there. Uh, Shades of Wrexham against York for the other week. Like, literally, that was the same goal, except, you know, I think this proves that Wrexham are better than Morocco. I will go. But yeah, so um, for, for War Winter Table match, which to me, I think is perfect because we like had this story arc all throughout the year on uh, GCP and, and it's finally won one. The ultimate character progression. It is. Happy Happy New Year, everyone. Character building. Yay. Anyway, defend <laughs> December 4, 2000 Nitro. Oh, fuck. An appearance by the one and only. Ed Ferrara, Oklahoma. Oh, God. I mean, I knew he was still on the uh, creative team, but I didn't realise he reappeared as a character. Fucking hell. Why? Well, he comes out, um, well, to have a go at Sid, really. So Sid ends up coming out, chokeslams in. um, Big Sid over with the crowd. However, security come out to... Security come out to drag Sydney to the back. It's yeah. once again, it's another Stone Cold character. This time, Stone Cold Sid Vicious. Yeah, sure. It was proper That's like a... handcuffs job again. Mm. 
Well, you know, it works. A working man loves softball as well. They do, they do. But I couldn't believe Oklahoma was back. Fuck me. Was it just basically to um, be foiled and like just get Sid a, a massive cheer to get him over? I think it might have been, you know. Yeah, it, I, I think I'd ex, I'd excuse it in all fairness if they tried to because they've only got like three weeks to get Sid really over. I, as, as a as a cheap trick, it's pretty. I, I think it's pretty acceptable. Especially for people who like have really bad memories of Oklahoma as well. It's best use for them. Yeah, it was like the natural born thrillers had put um, Oklahoma up to it, or like brought him in, like, oh, you can go out to the ring and uh, do whatever you want. That yeah, was yeah. The gist of the uh, the storyline. And um, we also had on this show the insiders, which is Nash and Page versus mm-hmm. Free Count. Um, I wonder who won. Murder. Yeah. I wonder how long the match is. I've got DDT Digest up. We managed to get four and a half minutes out of that. Bloody hell. They must yeah. have just kept powerbombing him over and over and over again. They, they, they did, basically. It was yeah, like yeah, free, free count try to do a bit of running away, but yeah, yeah. power moves. They, 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 were, they, they I, were just great falls just to chuck around easy. Yeah. It, it's quite funny because literally a month later, so, obviously, I take it Shane helps, you know, he's part of it, obviously. But I tried to push him as, like, for the uh, great hope for cruiserweight division. So, it's funny, like, literally three weeks before, he's just been absolutely shit-canned uh, by Paige and Nash here. That's not very long-term thinking by WCW, shall we say. Well, they never why did. Come, why, 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 come, why come the Harris boys be in this spot instead? Well, they, they needed to be protected, didn't they? Great. Hooray. Talking of, talking of squash matches, MI Smooth versus Goldberg. Oh, fair enough. Goldberg wins in under a minute. But, well, fair, correct result. But, you know, um, this is the sort of thing we should have been doing anyway. Obviously, the streak was, storyline was never going to come to like a proper ending due to Goldberg getting injured and WCW closed down anyway. But I think. They should have just been having Goldberg coming out for a minute every single episode and just getting his numbers up that way. Instead of this, we, we discussed it last month, instead of like inflating all the numbers by having him for, pin four different people in an episode and all that all that bollocks. Mm. This is probably very useful that I wanted out of him. So, again, f- it's fair booking. Um, the end of the show, at the end of this show... And Scott Scott Steiner goes to the back and gives Arn Anderson a beating when he tries to find Rick, where Ric Flair is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there was sort of like a big brawl after the Goldberg match where like Luger comes out and I think there's quite a few of us come out after mm. Steiner drags Arn. Oh, yeah. So this is sort of like sort of teasing like a, a Scott Steiner, Rick, Rick Flair sort of storyline here. It's, which is a bit strange, isn't it? Because when you get to like 2001 WCW for the three months it's still around, it's all yeah. the um, Magnificent Seven stuff with Rick Flair. Yeah, old sports are swerve, in all fairness. So I could see what they tried to do. But it, again, it's just a bit of a cheap swerve because as you say, Magnificent Seven, which was Flair, Steiner, Jarrett... Luger, Bagwell, Rick Stein and Road Warrior Animal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, there we go. The, the bloody guess at what road warrior animal comes out in, you know, during the sting break in his leg thing. Where he just oh, yeah, yeah. Dressed as like a giant white and for, black bumblebee. Uh, for Gimp from Pulp Fiction. The Gimp from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he looks fucking terrible in it. Yeah, you could tell his brother had suddenly like become like head of talent relations in WSW, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. The, oh, um... <laughs> Good impression with your husky voice there, Chris. Thank you. It's all right. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Pat Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pet. Uh, what are you doing to me, Pet? Uh, December 6, 2000, Thunder. Ric Flair suspends Scott Steiner indefinitely and strips Scott of the title. However, Uncle Arn is on the big screen and pleased with Flair not to strip Steiner so he doesn't strip him. This went on for really? 10 minutes and they just, yeah. got, to, just got to the point where ah, just, he can just keep the belt. Yeah, I I can see why they did it because I think was it like a month before where Sanders stripped Nash and Page of the belts just because he could? Yes. So I think we're trying to like fill in that logic hole of well, why does why doesn't Flesher strip start of a title? You know, uh, so again it makes sense, but it isn't very interesting TV though. He's a champion because he's a champion, you know. That, that is it. He, he can do what he what he likes as a champion. Yeah, as long as he doesn't infringe for us during a match. You know, so yeah. We have Daphne dressed as a hippie. Yeah, sure. Oh, because Crowbar's still doing a 70s gimmick, isn't he? He is. For it's some like uh, Mike Orson's tag team partner, but I've hardly seen him tag team. Yeah. Uh, does Daphne realise that hippies died out on December 31st, 1969? Uh, I don't think she did. She, I'll tell you what, she looked well as an hippie. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Anyhow, a rematch for the ages now, Chris. For the mm-hmm. um, third out of the last four weeks. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Sergeant Awol. Oh dear, okay. Is this a thing now? Great. Because it went so well at Mayhem. It did, it did. Well, this one went very well as it ends in a known contest when Mike Orson puts both through a table. So they're both fighting on like the ring apron. Mike Orson just comes in, ball rushes them, they both go through a table. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I saw this in a recap on Starcade, yeah. Yeah, so sadly, the world doesn't get a happy ending that I thought he would then. Oh, well, he regresses back to type, sad ending. Probably win an Academy Award with that sort of story. Mm. Main event, Goldberg once again in the main versus the franchise, Shane Douglas. Ha, <laughs> ha, ha. Um, which ends with um, Bill Goldberg winning with the jackhammer, one, two, three. But also on stage is Lex Luger, who's racking Sarge. Um, I put in brackets here, revenge for Louis Farouk. <laughs> yeah, damn right. You, 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 you show him Lex, making him Louis Farouk puke like that. Sarge, he was shit, weren't he? Shit, he was, human, yeah. shit human being, shit wrestler, just shit. shit wrestler. And you know, it explains why you have a like Serena and WCW because you know, trained by Sarge, who didn't know how to wrestle a lick, but because he knew how to make people do cardio to the point of puking up, he was the uh, head of a power plant. 
There you go. The, 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 well, apart from who was good out at the power plant, Goldberg. Got, maybe, Goldberg. Maybe, maybe natural born thrillers. Uh, they got better. They, they, they got the vast majority of them got better in like WWF and elsewhere. Like Plumber got better in WWF. Sean O'Hare, he didn't really have the time, really. He wasn't really give him a chance. Ginger got better. Yeah. Have you ever weren't given a chance because they were shit? So, wasn't who's it in the power plant? Batista, and then he left. No, Batista got rejected for uh, for a place on the power plant quite famously. Right. So if that, that tells you the colour what you need to know. And I think um, the giant was the power plant, and uh, DDP trained there as well when he made the transition from manager. So they always say like Goldberg, Chad, and DDP were like the, the big successes of there, but. Probably that you remember the fucking uh, Ron Reese, the Yeti. Oh God, he he was just yeah, he, he wasn't very good. The Yeti. <laughs> he learned how to hump people. He did, yeah, and he humped them well. <laughs> Anyhow, December twelfth, two thousand Nitro. Now, um. Now this is the point. I think it's this is like the second week running, Chris, where they seem to open up every nitro with randomers getting guitared by Jeff Jarrett. Do you ever remember this period? So it'd be like some someone in the kitchen, like making a pizza, like a chef, and they turn around. Oh and yeah, like, there you go, slap nuts. Well, it's just as like a comedy sketch sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Interested. I mean. I, I, I have no memory of that in all fairness. I'd have to have a look back. You know, Broke Thousand, uh, the guitars never drew a dime spring to mind, but you know. There you go. And anyway, Jeff Jarrett's boys, the Harris boys, are seen in the back eating sandwiches, which are like uh, poisoned by the filthy animals. Oh, no, I do remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Because they go off for a match, don't they? They have to go back to use for John instead. You, they do, yeah. It literally says, oh, shit, the cells. Yeah, yeah. Mike Sanders versus Sid next. Um, Sid uh, wins um, in two under two minutes as he chokes on Sanders. Best use of Mike Sanders. Overrated. Uh, Don't fucking care. Oh, uh, uh, overrated Mike Sanders. Uh, overrated Mike Sanders. Shit promo. I mean, it, 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 no one ever thought it was a good wrestler anyway, but he, he was a shit promo. Just because he said things confidently, it, it didn't make him very good. You, know, you could say he was S. Oh, oh, and you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Sarge next. He's in a match versus oh, right. Bill Goldberg. <laughs> So this is the one. Sarge. <laughs> so this is the one where Sarge, if he, I think if he loses, gets to face yeah. Lex Luger on on Thunder. Yeah, yeah but if God, but obviously Goldberg's reluctant to face him, and obviously if he loses, so it's a streak gone. So I do remember this. I think this was actually quite a well done angle, if I remember it rightly. Because what it was. It's like Goldberg comes out, but he doesn't know who he's fighting, and then like the pyro goes away, and he, he like puts his head up, and it's like, oh shit, it's Sarge, and he doesn't like, want to oh, fight. Bugger. 
he don't want to fight him, but eventually, like, Sarge just, like, wallops him on the back and it's just, like, winds him up. Yeah, yeah. Then Bill just kills him. Yeah, right, you do. WCW title match now, as um, we have Scott Steiner versus Mm -hmm. Sergeant Awol. How the fuck did he get a title shot? Well, this is it's like two weeks running this, uh, this one, and the week after Scott Steiner just facing random big fellas in main events. Oh, because his face had said, yeah. It's very old school booking that doesn't really do much of year 2000. I got you, yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll be like I know the 80s, um, no, not Hogan because he wouldn't do the TV shows, but someone's like facing, I don't know, bloody earthquake a couple of weeks uh, at SummerSlam. So he faces uh, a nameless fat guy uh, a couple of weeks before just to show that he's got a chance against him, yeah. That's that's our logic, no, that's fair. Say that's fair enough, but this is. This is, you know, how to describe it. WCW definitely at its death down now. Mm. Just on paper, Steiner versus Sid at your biggest show of the year, allegedly. <laughs> and, you know, you can tell business has gone way down here. They're just, they're just trying to have a minute and for the next three months afterwards, just try and rebuild after Vince Rue so absolutely scorched the earth. I mean, they've run out of time. They've, they've clearly, you know, history told us that we've run out of time here. But, yeah, yeah. this was a main event as well. Yikes. It was, yeah. Um, yeah on Scott's, Nitro. On, um, on Nitro, yes. Uh, yeah, at the same time, on WWF Raw, you probably had uh, Rock and Austin versus, I don't know, like, Kurt Angle and... Uh, Triple H. And, and Triple H. I'm going to I'm gonna look at the equipment. I was, my apologies, this was on... Yeah, twelve. This is on a Tuesday. This nitro. So I think that's why they put out the Duff main event. In all fairness, but I will still look the equipment main event on more the night before. I'll, I'll just go through the finish anyway. Scott Steiner suplexes the wall through a table. Of course he does. He does. Uh, of course, um, you have the uh, standard recliner. I did put solid ten minute match. If anyone wants yeah. to go watch it, while well, they got ten minutes, and the show ends with um, Sid Vicious and uh, Steiner. Uh, fighting in a car park with a mm. load of people going, uh, a load of wrestlers around them. Oh, in all fairness, uh, more the night before, I think I realised I didn't have Nitro, so they put on a bit of a weaker card, but the big match really was uh, Dudley Boys of the Rock versus Christian Edgecourt. I got a six man tables match. Ooh. Even, even that's more infinitely exciting than Steiner versus The War, oh, or, even St- or, even, or even Steiner versus uh, Sid at Starcade. Hmm. Final bit of telly now. December 13th, 2000 Thunder. S- Sarge versus Lex Luger. Um, we have a baseball bat shot by Luger and um, the torture rack, and Luger wins. It was very quick. Yeah, it has to be, really. Main event, anyway. Scott Steiner against Big Fella of the Week, which was Meng. Oh, with his big poofy hair as well. Yeah, he, what, he, 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 what's that dog with the uh, poofy hair, the big fluffy hair? Like, like a poodle. A poodle, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he does. He did look like a poodle this period. Yeah. Big tongue and poodle. He did, yeah. Um, another good match. Another oh, like, yeah, yeah. underrated, like 
under 10 minute match, uh, which had um, Steiner winning with the recliner and uh, Meng uh, tapping out. Show ends with uh, Sid and Steiner brawling to um, send everyone um, to buy the pay per view, which I, they probably didn't. No, I think this is buy it about 0.1. Fucking hell. I think we're at the stage now where AEW's alleged uh, pay per view. Uh, numbers are higher than WCW at this point. So yeah, that's so like twenty two years ago, and already WCW's joined. That's what AEW is now. In our modern age of unlimited entertainment, you know, people are still putting down more money in twenty twenty two than what we did in two thousand. That's right. That's bad, in it for WCW. Oh, when when business went down, it went down the toilet so so quickly. Historically bad. And I bet you, I bet you see, like WWE's at the time was like booming two thousands. Oh yeah, I, I think the pay for buy rates at this point were like bear in mind, not point one equals about forty thousand. I think Armageddon. I, I have a look, but I want to say it was in like one point something. Armageddon two thousand buy rate. Let me give you some quick Google. It was. 465,000 buys, so that's, say, what, 1.15? Which is yeah. stupid numbers. Absolutely stupid. And you've got to think, like, Invasion is, like, six months after, and that's, like, the biggest, like, non-Big Four pay yeah. for you. I can't really see it. Invasion was seven, 775,000. So, you know, an arse away from a 2.0 rating. I bear in mind like Armageddon was like one of the weaker buy rates of the year as well. You know, it's ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Any of them? Shall we? Shall we, shall we get into the pay per view? The final one. The, yeah, it's a final countdown. Do, 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 do. So it's almost 17... over. Let's almost. do this. Seventeenth of December. 2000, 2 hours and 49 minutes and 20 seconds, the all-important 20 seconds. As they call this pay-per-view, the granddaddy of them all, wrestles Starcade Mania. Uh, <laughs> Instantly, for, it's like all out now, it's not really, it's just the one that's the oldest, basically. Yeah, basically. Apart from, apart from what, some of the early ones are Night Night 7, Starcade was never this big thing. It really wasn't. No. I'd, yeah. I'd always think of um, Halloween. Like Halloween Havoc seemed like one of the, probably the biggest one. I want to say I heard Eric Bischoff once claim, and I always say he claimed when it comes to Bischoff, that the actual big one for them in their mind was Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, but, you know. So, yeah, Starcade. It was the oldest, but it wasn't necessarily for WrestleMania, shall we say. You don't put Scott Steiner versus Sid as your main event at WrestleMania, that's for sure. You don't. Bear in mind, I've said before, uh, I love Scott Steiner, I really love Sid, but not as your main event of your, your quote-unquote biggest show of the year. Absolutely not. So on commentary, Tony Schiavone, Scott Hudson and Matt Madden on commentary. Well, it's got slightly better. Is this maybe Mark Madden's last pay-per-view commentary? Correct, yes. I, I believe he gets a sack um, just after the new year if it went down to Shivani and Hudson for, for Nitro for pay-per-views. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I sure you don't want to cover V pay views next year. No, you're all right. <laughs> uh, With Mike Badenless. Match number one, anyway. It's an IWC classic. As um, it's a ladder match, freeway ladder match, free count versus Evan Courageous, um, Jamie Noble boy, where they spell Noble as K N O B Noble. Yeah. It's the old uh, Conan thing where he's spelled that with one N for no reason. Jamie Noble, boy. This is um, the young dragons of uh, Kazayashi and uh, young Yang. Mm. What did you think of this one, Chris? Is it still the IWC classic it was back in the day? I mean, context is everything. And for a match in 2000, especially WCW, I'd say yes. I mean, obviously... God fucking hell, what WWE did about what, 20 ladder matches a year since then. So if you if you look at it now, you're probably not going to be that impressed. Um, but no, even this was a very decent match, uh, a great way to start a pay-per-view, really hot. Um, quite innovative as well, because I think it was the first time I've ever seen the um, ladders being used as, like a, as a bridge, I like mm. making full use of it. I don't think, did they do that in WrestleMania 2000 match? You know, Hardys, Dudleys. I don't think they did, I, you know. I, I don't think, no, no, so, so pretty innovative as well. I mean, it was like a, a really good ending to it. But yeah, a bit of convoluted though in that stipulation for this one. It's a three-way tag team match. But the winner, the one who pulls down the contract, because there's only one winner who will face Charvel or Nitro the next night. And then, Which, and then, and then, basically, two people rip the contract down. Yeah, the three can't basically go. Well, fuck that. We'll both grab it at the same time. Uh, hedge our bets. Either we both get a title match, or it's a, or it's a triple threat match. You know, we win down the line. So, I'd, I'd rather this would be the six way for that stipulation. I'd rather them just actually just fight with their tag teams. But never um, yeah, say um, this was really good overall. Um, would I recommend it now to modernise? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. As long as you go into my time, you're not going to be absolutely blown away by it. But, but it, it was a nice building block to the sort of, you know, sort of things you get in later ladder matches like in TLC two and all that lot. It was good in that respect. I I put it here at the start. At the start of this match felt very sloppy until they brought the ladders in. They tried to do this bit where it was a tag team match. They tried to like, tag each other in and out. And the idea was, oh, who's going to go for the ladder first? And then for some reason, every courageous was like defending the ladders, like trying to keep yeah. people away from him instead of going it for himself. It was a bit bizarre, but the punchline of three count inducing viewers to go outside and they had a ladder waiting was quite funny. So I think it basically worked. It's not the worst instance of suddenly it's a tag team match on this card. Uh, that goes to the Bunkhouse Brawl match later on. But yeah, it was a bit weird to begin with, but once they got going, it was a good match. Yeah, I did put I did put some like like innovative um, spots in this. At least they, yeah, yeah. They, tra- they tried to make it good. I I went three and a half on it, even though I did yeah, yeah. sloppy at the start. Yeah, three and a half is about what I go on it as well. No, it's some really good stuff. It's just that starts a bit weird. Stipulation was weird. But, you know, I still remember stuff like, um, I think it was uh, Shannon Moore doing, like, the skin, the cat thing on the ladder to do a head scissors to someone. And really cool shit like that in this match. So, in all fairness to them, they did a cracking shift here. Yeah. 
Um, well, after the match, you know, when they, um, get, they both took the contract down, I think it was um, Shane Elms who just walked to the bat with the contract. Yeah. So they must Clary have just decided on the ramp. Yeah, Chloe signified who's getting a big push going forward. Yeah, not you, Shannon Moore. No, back to the, back to a line with you. Next up, we have, um, oh God, Chronic in a sauna. I did put a just who's in sex. Did do it for me personally. <laughs> nah. Yeah, this this was strange seeing uh, WCW's APA in a sauna. Topless. Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't want to see Big Brian's. No. <laughs> I, I wonder if even eventually had a bit of a semi going on underneath that towel before they started filming. Way. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, match number two now: Landstorm versus. The cat. Um, so this is the thing with, um, I think Landstorm said to Jim Duggan in the back, who's side are you on tonight? Basically, yeah. Because yeah, Jim Duggan's having his doubts now. Now how your title things out of the picture. And Jim Duggan is very, very, very conflicted. It's basically, he wants to be this whole American guy again, but he realises he probably doesn't have a career without Team Canada. Yeah. Which still has to be correct, actually, funny enough. Because I'm sure he was gone in February. Well, yeah. Well, with Jim Duggan as well, about he probably got fed up of this storyline about two weeks after because he grew his beard back. He looked yeah. better. He, he looked better clean shaven. I thought so as well, actually. Now, um, uh, he, he wanted to be on bearded scuff. Yeah, like I said, he's basically replaced by Mike Awesome in about two weeks' time. So, yeah, there you go. What do you think of this match, anyhow? It's, there's not much to it, is there? There's not really. Um, like, because, you know, the cat's not really that good of a wrestler. Um, Lance Storm isn't really the ring general that people make him out to be sometimes, I don't think, either. He, he's very much very good as, like, someone's partner yeah. in a match rather than leading it. And it was just a whole bunch of nothing, really. It was just basically flopped around doing fuck all until Jim Duggan came out to make his decision, which um, basically he came out, went, oh, I'm so conflicted, oh, had hands in his head, um, decided to, what was it? He, he closed line Landstorm out of the out of the Canadian Maple Leaf and then twatted the cat anyway, and then, then yeah. Lance pinned him. So, yeah, yeah. so he got his shot on both. What's it, Landstorm? You know, it's funny you said then. I think yeah. through his matches in WCW, not many good ones. He did have much to work with, I don't think. He had a good match against Sting, he had a good match against Booker in the summer, a couple of good matches against Kidman, if I remember rightly. Um, but most of, the time, most of his career, because as daft as it sounds, his WCW career was only nine months. And yet mm. people talk about doing his WCW run more than his ECW runs sometimes. It's really bizarre. His ECW runs probably his best work. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, people seem to talk about a lot about his WCW run, but it was only nine months and he spent five of those months feud with bloody Hugh Morris. So, you know what I mean? He didn't really have... It, they gave him a massive push at the beginning, but he didn't really have much to work with in terms of opponents. There wasn't that talent pool that... If it... it, it if he'd been in WCW like two, three years before with that, Benoit, Guerrero, with Benoit and all the rest, 
he'd have been laughing, but he, he came over way, way too late. All, all the actual talent had gone, or you know, someone like Booker T was in the main event. So yeah, Hugh Boris it was. Yeah. Uh, so Storm wins, um, but then attacks Jim Duggan after. Uh, so it ends with like the cat saving Jim. Yeah. yeah. Evo Jim just got, cost cat for match. Yeah. But the first of two confusing we, whose side is he on angles, um, we'll talk about Buff Bagwell later on. Yeah, one and a half I give this match. Yeah, which, uh, speaking of Buff Bagwell, he's uh, tonight's backstage interview for some reason, even though me jeans are... don't know why. Oh, Pamela weren't there, was she? No, I don't think she was there, but it's... A, I think we needed to get to Buff Bagwell being with Sarge later on, but then do we need him being for big announcer? You know what? <clears throat> he, he wasn't too bad. He had a bit of a Shane Douglas in TNA about him. He was trying to get himself over instead. Yeah. Oh, good. Have we got Shane Douglas as a big announcer to go through next year? Or is that, uh, or is that too a, early? Um, a backstage interview. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. More Shane Douglas. I thought he was all right as a backstage um, interview. No, we'll get into this this year. In a two-minute interview, he always spent about a minute and a half of it trying to get himself over before he even asked a question. He was awful. Shane Douglas was awful in every single way. The fact that he reached for levels that he did in wrestling, just, I don't know. Is what it is. It is what it is. Just a, a bit of a... A complaint here. The WWE Network on their um, chapters got all these the wrong fucking way around because originally I did put, oh, Shane Douglas as his general wretch and that's match number three. Was it fuck? It's match number six. As match yeah. number three is Crowbar versus Terry Funk for the WCW Hardcore title. Mm. What do you think? Um... The first thing, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to say this because obviously she only passed away a few months ago, but Daphne was actually really annoyed in this match. Just just for constant shrieking off that lot. It worked when she was like in the, in the ring, but when you're backstage, you're like the acoustics are like a lot yeah. closer. It was pretty piercing. But obviously it's not really her fault. She's just doing it. She's directed. So I thought it took away from the match quite a bit. But overall... It's just sort of an example of the hardcore division being very tired. I don't know. At this stage, WWF was sort of doing the same thing still with the emphasis on like a lot of the backstage stuff. But I think about when we did WWF 2001 on the old podcast and how the hardcore division was like the best, was like somehow in a quite all right year for WWF despite the booking of the invasion. The hardcore division was by far the best division. Yeah, yeah, because there was so like the Rob Van Dam matches. There was the yeah. uh, the, the Rhino Raven, Raven, Rhino yeah, Raven, Undertaker, RVD. There was all sorts of really interesting stuff going on with them. That hardcore division, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I you think if WCW continued down this hardcore route, you, you didn't think you'd think that they would have even changed it. It's just sort of it's backstage brawling that gets no reaction from the crowd because the crowd just aren't involved whatsoever. Well, and, they've got they've got to promote uh, WCW backstage assault coming this uh, this December. I mean, they really don't. Fucking hell, that game was awful. <laughs> now, um, 
I mean, this time they got it the right way around this time. They started at the back of the came to the ring. We've had this problem the last few months where they've started the, the ring. People have sort of attempted to get into it. They've gone to the back and gone, okay, then. I won't bother then. Uh, so this time they've gone to the ring. But, I mean, I know Terry Funk's like 55 at this point. They're just flopping around. There's no real spots. There's a car door for some reason. I don't know why there's a car door backstage that they pulled back. It was just basically a power drive onto a car door. Terry Funk wins the hardcore title yet again. It just wasn't really doing much really, unfortunately. I mean, I feel like um, they saved... Oh, that was the close one. Sorry, distracted by football. Um, I, I feel like they probably saved a lot more of the hardcore spots for our Brunkhouse ball match later on. But yeah, this was nothing at all, sadly. What did you go ratings wise? One and a quarter. It's just three point two five. You're kidding me. That no, is a massive that's a massive, massive discrepancy. It's it's, no. it's it's our Saturn Raven again. I um, think it is. Oh. I enjoy No. I know there were a lot of unprotected chair shots and fucking mm-hmm. car door and everything, but I don't know. I just found this oddly entertaining. Nah, I think I've just sworn out of a backstage of some hardcore matches now at this point, in all fairness. Yeah, I've just realised, by the way, I don't think I gave a star rating for the last match. For, for, that, one, for that one fan at home, you know, who's actually writing off star ratings down for us, uh, one star for Lance Storm, the cat, by the way. So just to get that in there. No problem. Three point two five for Crowbar and Funk. I, I thought no. Terry, Terry, it, Terry Funk in this hardcore division was a lot of fun. I mean, he was fun in places, but I tell you, this is only a quarter star worse for Free Count and Young Dragons with the ladders. Yeah, is that seriously just? Is that it was just a down, is it? places, but it's still right. Like... right. Okay. Okay. Move on. <laughs> no, no, no. My boss, hey, you. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yours is wrong. Ha! No, I'm kidding. No, no. It's uh, yeah, yeah. No, he just didn't do it for me. So fair well, enough. He, he handcuffed Crowbar as well. He did it incorrectly. He did, did, did the old rock mankind spot with the fucking. But he did it to his front, so he could. He had full maneuverability with his abs. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. I, anyway, Terry Funk wins. New champ. Yeah. Yes. Another title run for Tez. Yes. Ripe old age of 55. I bet he loses it the week after. He loses it at Sin to Ming. There's a good rhyme for you. He then pisses off to WWF, hence uh, killed off a hardcore division once and for all. Ah, yeah. Um, Rumble. Yeah, I bet he pees in a rumble about a week later. Correct. And then he ends up being Rikishi's tag team partner. Yeah. Against the Brothers of Destruction. Debuts two months before WrestleMania. Doesn't get on the WrestleMania card. No, Ouch. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No. Does it? Fucking hell. i got to remember that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, match number four. I'm not giving three and a quarter stars to this shower of shit. Um, Big Vito and Reno versus fucking... Um, the Bathing Beauties, Big Brian Adams, Big Brian Clark, it's chronic. I mean, 
I've been in a sort. I've been in a, like my sort of a gym, and I'm just knackered after being in a gym. I'm like so relaxed and all that lot. So how they can come out for a wrestling match, I've got no idea. I'm just ready for a nice snap afterwards. It was just the usual speed for Chronic, weren't it? This match. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Then you got Big Vito. Is all right. Reno is fucking roidy back. Fucking hell. It, well, they were all who... fighting over like um, what were it? The sister Maria, who's returned. <clears throat> So the gimmick for this match was Chronic had been paid off and this time they're doing it in advance instead of being paid cash ahead of time. They're doing it and then being paid afterwards. Chronic had been paid to say oh it's Maria um, she paid us off and she's like what are you on about? And then they have a match don't know, it was Reno all along but it gives Vito that really shitty roll the dice move that hurts Reno more than Vito because Reno's landed on his massive back. That's so huge that Vito's head is about 12 inches off the canvas. And then Reno rejoins the fillers. Great storytelling. Just the best. Shite. Like Shakespeare. Shite yeah, in it. Fucking, yeah, quarter star. 0.5. Give yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, after the match, uh, Chronic Batter Vito, they give him the high times and the uh, the, the old Brian Clark where he, st- he looks like he's giving him a thumb up the arse for a pump handle. Mm. For those keeping score at home, Ben, I'm sure they were facing September, here in October, facing November because they walked off on buggy nights and uh, heel in December. And then they're definitely faces by February because they're feuded with Team Canada. Mm. The big sh- big show. <laughs> big show would be jealous of all these face turns and heel turns. About to say, big show's looking at it going, guys, that's a bit too much. Stop. Stop. That's my gimmick. <laughs> Match number five a return of the greatest gimmick in WCW 2000 history. It's an ambulance yes. match. Yes, the ambulance is back one last time. A nice fitting end, ending to our arc here. I'm so glad this ambulance has returned. Mike Awesome versus Bum Bum Bigelow. Yep. Right. Uh, what did you think of this one? And tell me if you fucking laugh your cock off at the end of it. You know what? I, I actually very like the finish. Same here. I because it's really a, funny. It's a really funny ending because it's basically a take on the uh, Bam Bam Bigelow Taz ending, isn't it? You know, where, where he's basically he's so big, he fell through the canvas. Whereas this time he literally falls through the, the roof of an ambulance. It's great it's how a, they shot it, though, isn't it? They did, yeah, because I mean, I looked closely, just being very pedantic, and you can only really tell from one angle that they've clearly. Put it's basically like a, a table service on the top. It's a really creative finish, actually. It's it's a rare it's a rare thing to be studying with a with a creative finish that actually works. Yeah. Um, so I think I've rated this much higher because of that finish, but it was still only one and a half stars for me. But two point seven five. Two seven five. Wow. I think okay. I give it an extra star just for the finish. I fucking like old. I gave it. an extra star for a finish as well. 
well together, Bigelow and Awesome. But I think, as mm. you said last last month, it's it's amazing how Awesome has gone from like being near the top of the card to yeah facing the schmucks. Like yeah, it's just but. This is where it's like it's just I finished a two-month feud with Bam Bam Bigelow, who is well beyond any use. I'm sad to say. Again, Bam is the one who I really liked back in the day, but at this rate, he should be the one. Being, he should be uh, this uh, Goldberg streaks version of a uh, Jerry Flynn. He should be jumping to Goldberg every week. Yeah, not in a prominent, not in a prominent position like he has been in for the last two or three months. Match number six now. Oh, God. US title. General Rection champion versus your mate franchise, Shane Douglas. Mm. Uh, okay. On, on paper, in all fairness, it is, it is a quintessential US title match. Two proper mid-carders going for a belt, so I can't fall up there. Unfortunately, I mean, and I think this goes on for three months as well. This is the beginning of a three-month feud between Hugh Morris and Shane Douglas. I want to say they're still fighting that bloody Super Bowl revenge, which I'm going to look up now just in case I'm wrong, but this goes on for a long, long time. Oh, I shall have a look oh, for you. Thank God we're not watching it. I know, I know. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, no, my mistake. Thankfully, the US title somehow got to Vic Steiner come to Super Bowl, but there's at least another month after out of this. Which, yeah. Shane Douglas has lost even more luster by losing Tory Wilson. He is looking in- increasingly out of shape as well, if I may, if I may say so here. He's very much getting ready to get into his TNA shape. Um, yeah. It just felt like two slightly out of shape men prattling about until Chavo Guerrero, who has turned heel, by the way. I don't think we mentioned that earlier on. Yeah, he's, Chavo, he's, he's, not, left, he's left the filthy, not the filthy animals, the um, misfits in action. So, yeah, the storyline here is he's sort of left, but he, but he hasn't left. He's trying to encourage misfits in action, but actually, if he act like heels instead, they'll get more success, hence his championship, his cruiserweight yeah. championship. Which, which was a nice little storyline. Chavo Guerrero's push towards the end of WCW was like one of the nicer bits about the company. In fact, no, uh, sorry, whose side of we on? No, Chavo was another one. There was three of these on his pay-per-view. So we had the confusing thing earlier on with Jim Duggan. And now we've got Chavo Guerrero who comes in, throws the chain at Shane Douglas, then has the referee turn around so Shane Douglas is clearly using the chain, gets Shane Douglas disqualified. And then it's like, haha, look, Hugh, look, look how this worked. But suddenly they're all just attacking each other. And it's like, what, what, what's going on? Yeah. Bit all over the show. But what was all over the show was the psychology during this match. Now, I don't talk about psychology about in matches because I'm not really that fucking arsed. But no. this got on me. Spoke t- like a true Brit Rest fan. Well, yeah. This got on my tits. So he had Douglas taking bear hugs and being cut open by the supposed, oh, <laughs> supposed oh, yeah. goody in the match. You know, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, this match actually annoyed me in that regard. Hugh wrestled as a heel. Yeah. 
because he it was was it free bear hog said what does he he does something immediately afterwards he puts him on the well. outside doesn't he or runs yeah, him yeah. in post he does yeah yeah and it's all like he was like he just he just wrestles as a heel for some reason it's the strangest thing I wiped that out my memory actually but yeah no, it, uh, this is just match didn't work for me at all. I mean, again. I mean, you're supposed to have the flag waving American general reaction of like the last couple of months, and he's mm-hmm. out here playing right, Dick. Say that Hulk Hogan used to do the back a lot. That's a heel move. He did, brother, brother. Maybe, maybe that's what he's doing. You know, trying to bring in the bear hug. That's the new back rake. Even, even, even though that bear hug looks more comfortable more than anything. Not pay point two, 0.25 for me. Shit. Um, I went slightly higher. I went 0.5. They're, they're both crap. Huh? General wretch. They're, they're crap. Yeah, yeah. They're both crap. They, they, they were both. I mean, Hugh Morris, I think I've been a slightly harsh on. I think he did, he had he a, did a good moonsault. That's about it. I mean, he missed at half time. It was a headbutt. He missed it at time as well. <laughs> now, yeah, but I, I think he. In terms of a career retrospective, I think he did all right when it was like a line with Jimmy Hart, you know, when he had that weird factual, like, that. like uh, Brian Nobbs and all that lot. When he was under that thing, I think he was all right there. Um, he did a bit, couple of all right things of a hardcore division, like uh, 99 time. Um, but yeah, overall, he wasn't very good and tried to push him as the new Jim Duggan, which is basically what they tried to do was very cynical. Very lazy, didn't work whatsoever. It couldn't lace and Jim Duggan's boots. No, it could not. Absolutely. Um, and Shane Douglas. I mean, I mean, as I said earlier on, you know, he massively overachieved as, as it was. Unfortunately, he uh, was one of Paul Heyman's pet projects back in the day because Shane Douglas basically broke from some. Quite chose rules of rescuing, calling out people from other organisations, and it was probably a cool thing at the time. But unfortunately, you got it was attached to a completely useless wrestler. And that fucking finish that he introduced as well. The, the franchise where he just right. falls ass first on himself. Yeah, and like, literally Hugh Morris and Chavo Grewa are having to do all the work. Like if you reverse up, it, it literally the finisher would be. Shade Douglas goes on his knees. That's for finisher. It's for your opponent doing all the work. It looked awful. Worse than more of a dice play of the day. Whatever you call it. Skip over. Whatever. I'm glad we don't have to talk about. All we do is in TNA. Fuck. <laughs> Match seven, talking of TNA. Do, 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 do. I get to listen Jeff to that YouTube 12 times next year and I can't fucking wait. Jeff Jarrett and the Harris Brothers versus the Filthy Animals in a bunkhouse brawl. Uh, you forget, a bunkhouse brawl and a street fight. And a street there's a dif- fight. There's a difference, apparently. So basically, uh, the, the definite no racist connotations in this one. Um, the street fight is all like ghetto. Uh, uh, stuff like... Um, Trash cans with spray uh, that have been spray painted and all that on bins, and bunkhouse brawl is all like bloody bath utensils and like bloody stores and all that bollocks. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. It's like, you know, when the APA had their um, open bar invitational vengeance 2003. Or that, or that, what Seamus has now, the Donnybrook, where it's just like all the yes. shillelaghs in a bar and a picture of Seamus's granddad on the bar. Yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah, this is what we've got here. So, yeah, it's somehow a bunkhouse sprawl and a street fight, even though it's the same thing. I think Matt Madden calls um, the Irish boys and Jeff Jarrett the Nashville World Order. That's as worse as NWO 2000, let's be honest. Yes. Rock or the attack, in, in case you're wondering about that pregnant pause at home. I know. I, I thought, oh, God, they're in here. They're, they're trying, I will say. Also, yeah. I'll tell you who else was trying was the filthy animals to get a good match out of the Irish boys. Uh, I mean, for intense purposes, this is Jeff Jout versus the filthy animals. I want to say filthy animals. It's Jeff Jout versus Billy Kidman and Ray Mysterio. Because yeah. Conan's doing fuck all as well. Oh, he's, he's another shit ass, isn't he? Overrated. Um, Conan was basically with Jeff Jarrett on his day, wasn't he? He brought in a bunch of luchadors in 1996 and praised forevermore. Well done, him. He rode on other people's talent. It was basically the Stevie Ray in Mexico. Well done. Another, another bag of shit, Conan. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, with Tiger on commentary as well. I'm not sure if it's just like a thing they've been told, like, told for the, the, the reigning women, because... How's this for like uh, with 2022 eyes? All the women apart from Deja are fired from WCW next month. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so Tiger is still about socks, is gone, Daft is gone, Major Guns is gone. Yeah, everyone apart from Medasia is sacked. Oh, and Stacey Keebler, of she she does return as well, but everyone else gone. Jesus if Christ. If that's not a sexual discrimination lawsuit, I don't know what is. 2001, ladies and gentlemen. Was Medusa still around? I think she got sacked as well. Bloody hell. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Um, but by the meantime, probably to justify them sacking everyone, Tigress on uh, commentary um, yipping like a dog for some reason all through the match. They always stuck her on commentary, didn't they, Tigress? Yeah, she couldn't talk for shit. No, she, she was always I mean, bad, I, but I think the commentators liked her. Uh, probably a bit of eye candy, but, you know, uh, when I'm a better talker than you, uh, you know, you probably should be on a commentary booth all the time. Mm. And it's good spots in this, Jarrett putting um, Rey Mysterio in a bin. Oh, I enjoyed that, yeah, yeah. That like, was it was a quite a se- very seamless way, just basically yeets him out and he just lands flush into the bin. And I enjoyed that. And uh, Jarrett getting his head into the popcorn maker as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I, everyone says this much. I actually quite enjoyed this one. One of my final notes is actually all right, but uh, we've had enough street fights, so that's no DQ matches now. Please go. Yeah, yeah. This should be the only one of a, of a pay-per-view that we had, like, two of us. Oh, you know, obviously, uh, Luger, Jarrett, uh, Luger Goldberg is no holds barred as well. So, we've got, technically, we've got another one coming up as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, three stars. Yeah, but three stars is fair on this one. No, it was really good fun. Ended was a bit much. It just basically... Um, so, Kidman goes to the top rope. Harris Brothers... One of the Harris Brothers hits him with a glass bottle overhead. 
You'd think that'd be enough, but Jeff Chow does the stroke anyway. Yeah, just put the exclamation point on it. It's probably an exclamation point on the exclamation point. You know what? That's a bit of a stupid manoeuvre as well, the stroke, because they're both oh, yeah. flat on the face, aren't they? I would say it's stupid. I remember Chris Joko's version of it for breakdown 2-0. Yes, uh, to France, just to date this podcast as soon as it goes out. And that, like, our, our future World Cup winners, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I said to you, you before the podcast started, Evo is a massive shithouse as well, unlike Argentina twins. So Messi has his World Cup and it definitively says to Ronaldo, fuck off, you're not the greatest of all time. You should be in jail. That's a crying. Yes. You go to Saudi Arabia where you will not be tried for any alleged crimes ever again. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly. There we go. I think that match, clears us. Shall, shall we get on to allegedly match number eight? As yes. the, um, na- I, I always put them down as uh, the MBTs. It just makes me think of the national like television awards or something at the, mm. at the NTAs. And the natural born thrillers versus the insiders, which is national page for the tag titles. Now, this one, very good. And if anyone says Kevin Nash didn't really put anyone over in his career, well, he tries his best. Again, get these lads over. He does, yeah. It all fairs to him. Point someone over, as we saw with Hogan earlier this year, doesn't mean you got to pin the guy. Okay, I mean, Nash, Nash and Page win this here. They, they won last month as well. But I, they do a really fantastic job in really helping Palumbo and Stasiak in particular here take up to the next step, you know, try and like get a good idea about how to work like a more main event style. And who knows, given a few more years, NWW Palumbo might have gone up there. Stasiak, I don't think he would have done that. He wasn't very good. But um, uh, but yeah, Nash point of shift here in all fairness. I will say I don't think it was as good as last month's match. I think last month was a lot hotter. Was this time, and may I say again, as like crowds absolutely dead all night, by the way. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, no reactions whatsoever, barely any even for like Goldberg Luger, you know, they just sat on their hands. Now, this is MCI Center, this is like the uh, place where we did Sting Hogan in '97. Yeah, Washington, Washington DC, in it, Washington DC, yeah, same place to Goldberg Nash in '98. And here, the crowd is just done. You know, they're, they're not probably a low, low crowd as well. I bet. Yeah, um, only the, the bottom tier has got uh, people sat in it, and those are half empty as well. It's not. It's a really, really bad time for WCW, as it turns out, a terminal time for WCW as well. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, it was still a decent match. I'd go two and a half on this one. Um, but yeah. I, I, I preferred it last month. I think this time it didn't feel like there was any doubt. I think it felt like the insider was going to win. And so the crowd didn't buy into it that much. I went 3.25 on it. I thought, oh, I, thought, okay. I, thought, I thought it was very good. You know, like this beat down on page until the hot tag. Uh, yeah. Kevin Nash, just a huge pot when he comes in. Yes. Um, yeah. They, it's like the natural brother thrillers tried everything to beat him, but they couldn't. So. 
Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought it was very good from a Nash and Page. It's been a good couple of months like feud this one. I like it. Babe. I know if he had to change direction because Sid got injured, it would have been nice for Nash and Page to have continued being a tag team, but they're done after next month because they needed people for the main event. So yeah. it's a I shame, end, really. I think they ended up in a four-way at the um, February pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds about right. Match number nine, now you're semi-main. It's Bill Goldberg versus with, Luger. With Michael Buffer fucking again. He yes. must have been on a he must have been on a rock solid contract. You don't lose all that money in a year and you're still bring Michael Buffer to announce Lex Luger versus Goldberg semi main event in a half empty MC arena. You just don't. He he still would have been on his like half a million <laughs> fucking yeah. announcement. It must be an, an ironclad retainer. That's all I'm saying. There's literally no other reason why you'd, you'd have him at this point. What do you um, think of this? Shit. Sad to say. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think too hot about the match last month either, but it was just so convoluted this time. For some reason, so I'm pretty sure this was a no holds barred match anyway. Mm. But you had Luger... Um, this, uh, um, distractive ref, so he could use brass knucks. He had a whole nonsense with Buff Bagwell, who was just badly directed out there anyway, because he seemed to like just be, I don't know, bubbling about. As one one minute is helping Sarge, the next minute is punching Sarge out. One minute is helping Goldberg, the next minute is doing a buff blockbuster on Lex Luger without any remorse in his eyes. But then the next minute he's walking out like. Of you either like his pals with yeah. legs, and the match itself wasn't very good. It was just bollocks, uh, to be frank with you. Oh, and like the finish as well. So if Buff and Luger are going to be a tag team going forward, Buff literally does nothing to help Luger get out of that uh, that pinfall. No, he just stands there. No, absolute nonsense. Just completely ill thought out. <laughs> Well, it yeah. ends with um, Goldberg winning with a jackhammer to Luger. Uh, Bagwell, after the match, wallets Bill uh, with a chair. This view must continue. I went 1.25. Uh, not as bad this time, 0.75. It was just like the interference by Bagwell, who were a bit all over the show, like you said. It was, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what happened there. If it was clearly... No sense of direction or, or no clear instructions what he should be doing. He just Bagwell just bubbled around like an idiot, like basically. I just killed off any interest I had. I mean, Bagwell Goldberg wouldn't draw on a bloody dime, but you know, I mean, Bagwell was no way a formidable opponent anyway. But pff, whatever. What you would see, um, well, I actually did see the month after, where it's Goldberg and Sarge versus Luger and Bagwell. That that is the match where uh, Goldberg ends up getting pinned. He does hit that. I mean, with the with the fan, with the mace, they brought the, the mace, mace of a fan, an absolute fucking swerve and a half. I can see why it happened because Goldberg was so injured. Apparently, it was going to be a good six months. There's no way they could have continued the storyline, and it would have made Goldberg look weak if he'd like just basically bugged off for six months. But to have your career ended by Buff Bagwell, I'm surprised Goldberg ever showed his face ever again in public. Well, it was it was one of those, Chris, with um, the actual finish of it. The crowd just like popped for the result. It, I, 
I don't want to make, I will make a comparison, but it isn't as powerful as that, but it's the same equivalency of uh, Lesnar beating Taker. Yeah, no one same saw. Action. The, the, the way it happened, the silence, the loss itself is done very well because it comes out of nowhere. Obviously, it makes no sense what Goldberg's injured, you can't do anything, you've got to wear the storyline, but it, it was uh, on the same level as, uh, yeah, of you going, oh, bloody hell, uh, behind that guy uh, <laughs> at WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did I say I went to WrestleMania 30? I, I might have no, I've, I've never seen any evidence whatsoever of you being at WrestleMania 30. None at all. Hopping up like that. Anyway, <laughs> main event. Uh, Scott Steiner versus Sid for the WCW title. All I've got to say, Sid Vicious in long tights. I liked it. Yeah, he, he, he seemed to rock the long, the long Johns. Um, later on in his uh, WCW career, yeah. Pro- probably because him... to give him a bit of help, a bit with circulation. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, well, he, speaking... he, did, he didn't help the month after when his fucking leg were hanging off. But... No. <laughs> speaking as a fellow tall man, it is so hard to keep your legs in in like good tone and all that shape. So, if you're putting on some uh, leggings like he did, just makes you look more taller and formidable. Does a job. You can skip leg day more often at the gym. Everyone's a winner. Even though yeah. I must point out, I never, I never skip leg day. Good to know that, Chris. Um, yes, if I, the whole world needed to know. It's it's not a bad match. This one, I would say, it, it's all right. It's not your main event of your quote unquote biggest show of the year. In all fairness. No. It's solid. I think it helps put Scott Steiner over as a formidable monster that is making even Sid pass out with a style of a cleaner. I think it's the third time he tried it as well. It was the third time, yeah. Um, really weird spot this one with Medasia. I don't know what's going on there. Where she was on the top turnbuckle of a chair. We're ready to wallop Sid, even though no matter how she would have jumped, she would have hit Steiner anyway. It's good fly, flying cross body as well, and then she just rolls out of the ring. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well with, with her boobs, you know, a cross body is going to kill anyone, isn't it? So There you go. Um, it's like having two boulders thrown at you. Um, what what rating would you give it, Chris? Um, I, in all fairness, I, I'll go about 1.75 on this one. It wasn't the main event like we've had with in the months before, like with Steiner go, um, Steiner book over month before, or, or anything like that. So it was probably a more average main event for WCW 2000, but it was fine. Yeah, you know, I, I, the two guys are very like as well. It's just, it, it, it's, it, as I said earlier, it's so weird for me when business is down, way down. You go back to Sid. It always seems to happen, even in like. What ninety two ninety three? They did the same thing. Yeah. Even even like ninety. When were it now? Ninety six. Oh when yeah, it, the WWF. Yeah, WWF. so like when 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 well Austin and Bret Hart changed the business fair much at WrestleMania. Meanwhile, the main event was Sid because business was still in the shit event. Sid must main event, brother. Sid must yeah, pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He learned he learned from the best, old Terry. He did. He did. I give it 2.25 the main event for anyone keeping mm. score out there. So um, that's Starcade. I, I, I don't want to speak up my ass here, but 
I'm right thinking, you know how I just said about how Sid only was ever the main event in the Mystery 2000. Did he ever have a WrestleMania match that wasn't the main event? He main evented with Hogan. Yeah, he, he main evented Hogan, he main evented Undertaker. Undertaker. Did he actually wrestle any of the WrestleManias? No. There you go. What a man. What a he, man. He, he, he fucking hard to work with the system, didn't he? Yeah, go 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 and go and watch his son's softball team when he wanted, and fucking yeah, yeah. made every pay per view he were on. Just made about whatever the fuck he wanted to. Yeah. Who's gonna but argue I, with Big Signy? I mean, I wouldn't. Like that's why yeah. he's the master and the ruler of the world universe. A grown man uh, rocking blood curls like that must be an absolute shit kicker. Anyway, Chris. Starcade 2000 done with. That's WCW 2000 done with. Yeah, that is the end of it. It's um, It's been a journey, shall we say. Gone quickly, I won't give you that much. But yeah, yeah, it's an end of another era. It is, yeah. Goodbye, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, That might be the end tune. Who knows? Who knows what yeah. it might but Go, uh, go for it. it <laughs> um, question I was going to ask here was uh, just in summary with WCW 2000 is what was the worst part of the year? Which three mums were the worst parts of the year and which mums were the best parts of the year? Um, I feel like that's a bit of a leading question because I think the obvious answer is actually despite everything it's the beginning of the year between Russo eras where business was weighed down and they had no ideas creatively and it wasn't like an even like it wasn't even a shit show that you could at least like point and laugh at you know it was those boring months between sold out and april 10th nitro where you had things like the dog going on and um Jeff Jarrett in the main event every single month for some reason. Let's let's Luger and Sting uh, fighting in a pool and the wall brother yeah Rick Flair Hogan in a yapper pie strap match, you know, that, that sort of stuff. I just did nothing whatsoever, but there just wasn't any excitement to the product either. At least when the Russo was, a, was around, it, I mean, the TV was shit. In hindsight, it was really shit. I, I, I have gone on record saying I really enjoyed it when I was a kid because it was ri- basically it was written for a 10 year old by a 10 year old, it seemed like. But yeah, say. So, so I think the worst bits were actually the bits without Russo in it because they didn't know what they were doing. Even in, even Mayhem and Starcade has that has a massive dose of uh, we try to just shift things around here. We don't know what we're doing yet. Please stay with us. Oh, sorry, just watching football. Mark, I was pulled one back in the fourth minute. Um, best three months. Uh, difficult one. Because there were fleeting moments, like Fall Brawl is a very good pay-per-view. But I'd say their best period were those initial few weeks after April 10th. Because it, mm. at least it was, it was the pure definition car crash TV, and it literally included a few car crashes and limo crashes. Yeah. But it, it was compelling. But I, not, in a, not in a way that, that it's aged well, but at least they tried something in a company that desperately needed some new ideas. 
unfortunately, those ideas were WWF 1998. I'd probably say for myself, the worst. Hmm. Maybe, maybe the last three months. No, I can see that again. It's Russo's left again, so yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, it just feels like we're regurgitating ideas from February March era. Yeah, yeah. didn't work. Think... That didn't work then, but I can see. The, the, I think... They are very much working on like a Fred Bear crew at the top. Yeah, yeah. But I think the primary difference is that at least the roster in the latter half of the year are more established. Yeah. Whereas, whereas in February time, they tried to like push Kiss Demon and they tried to make Brian Dobson thing again and they go right knackered old guys. Well, at least in the Hogan's latter three friends, months. It? Yeah, Hogan's friends again. At least in the latter three months, you've still got like, you've got natural broad fillers, you've got Elix Skipper, you've got Free Can, you've got like all the new, the new guys in there. And like Booker T is now a main event. So, you know, Scott Steiner is a main event. So at least you've got that in its favour. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, best, best, best time I would say. It's got, it's got to be from Spring Stampede to New Blood Rising. I don't I would, uh, just because, and I think you said this because a lot of it was shit, but it's shit that you just couldn't take your eyes off because it was yeah, yeah. mad. Even yeah, yeah. like like writing all the stuff down. I'd be doing like buddy, t- between 10 and 14 pages of A5 just writing all this stuff down. Yeah, I mean, it's it was compelling. I mean, as someone who grew up to actually enjoy actual wrestling, it is wrestling, as daft as that sounds, instead of the sports entertainment stuff. Yeah. It's it's a lot harder to watch it now because there isn't much wrestling at all. It's literally spurts of two-minute matches where people kick a punch until 10 people interfere. But yeah, yeah, but it was exciting stuff. And uh, oh, and uh, Fancy made it to World Cup final, in case you're listening and haven't checked for news this morning, if you're listening tomorrow morning anyway. There you go. Um, but yeah, I think it's been a good journey, but we've found near the end that we wanted it to end. Oh, I, 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 was, I was done with this in August. Yeah, after New Blood Rising, I was finished, to be fair. I, mean, I think maybe after Goldberg, Scott Steiner. I mean, yeah, to be fair, if, if that was and good. Russo's was, Revenge. Russo's Revenge was good, but, but you know, I, I, was ready, I was well ready to move on a few months ago. I, I found watching these towards the end quite difficult. Mm. Just out of pure boredom more than anything. Yeah. Uh, Possibly the worst pay-per-view, I'd say, um, Mayhem last month. I thought that was boring. Really boring. Mm. I don't know. Is it, that's a, it's a compelling argument. New Blood, Rise, New Blood Rising is a bad, very bad pay-per-view. Hey, but my instinct is to say New Blood Rising, but it's also a pay-per-view that I'd show someone if I really wanted to poke fun about this hobby that I've had for the last 22 years. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd happily stick on, like, I'd, my, my partner's not interested, I'll happily stick on New Blood Rising for him, just to put him off, just to abuse myself yeah. more than anything. But I wouldn't show him mayhem, because he'd just be bored. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. It, that's the good and, I'd say good and bad points of the pay-per-views. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's all I can think of, like, yeah. question-wise, Chris, for this. I, I, I've, I've, I've got one. The best thing for WWE 2000 did have a worst thing. Shall, shall I start my answers as an example? Go on. So the best thing that they did all year was Booker T's push into the main event because at the time you made it, you sort of got this impression it just happened overnight, which just suddenly decided, oh yeah, Booker T's this main event guy now, you know. He's mm. the new world champion, Chilling Stein Show, just like, oh, he's suddenly the champion. But in all fairness to Vince Russo, and I'd say it's probably one of the best things Vince Russo ever booked, that I'm aware that he booked, is that there were seeds in there for a good five, six, seven weeks before it happened. He was already being pushed in that number one contender spot anyway because they knew where they were going with him. And the minute you put Booker T in that main event, it was like instantly. Like Nobody ever said, oh, fuck you, Booker T's not a main event, so what are you doing? No one ever said that. He was always credible at the top, weren't he? He'd always have half-decent matches. I, I could I could dig back and look online at the old bloody IWC forums and I don't think anyone would say it was a bad decision. It was long overdue, uh, more than anything. But yeah, that, that bit of business was about the best thing that we did all year. Hmm. I think yeah. the worst. I, I think the worst bit, Chris, was maybe not putting the title on Scott Steiner soon, soon, sooner. And yeah, but that is that's very good call. All fairness, it, could, in could, a year could you- of- See the the back end of the year, you just see how really good he is. Yeah, it might. This is gonna be a hot one. But my worst of the year really was um, trying to push Billy Kidman against Hulk Hogan because yeah. that should have been Scott Steiner's spot, basically. Yeah, Scott Scott Steiner should have been in that position a lot sooner. In my mind, it was logical. You'd, you'd take the blonde-haired mustache guy, put him against the blonde-haired mustache guy because they were going for new and old anyway. Yeah. Uh, the guy with 25 inch pythons, there's this guy with like fucking Elva. His is about, Steiner's about 48 inch. I, I, bet, I bet you go from there. I And I thought, especially with Hulk Hogan doing his Stoke on Tobolaya shtick, I thought that would have been massively compelling television. But I guess Hulk Hogan maybe played the creative control card brother and said he didn't want to feed with Steiner because of Steiner's like. Shoot yeah. promo on Ric Flair beforehand. So yeah, no, I seen with... that last night. I seen that last night. Yeah, it's a good promo yeah. where he's dressed up like but the uh, the artist formerly known as Prince Ayakaya as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I compared Ric Flair to a Shaopeng puppy. Um, I yeah. So I think that's probably worse because Kidman basically fell fell off like a cliff, and as history has proven, Billy Kidman was never a main eventer anyway. It was you know. always it was always like um, an opening match guy. He was, yeah, yeah. Lower big card at best. Good, yeah, good for an opener, good for cruiserweight division. No, good for a tag team, in all fairness. Uh, but nothing else. Mm. He was never on Hulk Hogan's level. In fact, he wasted three months of that. was just had a lot, a lot of time on TV as well. You know, you talk about a quarter of every night show. wasn't good. Um, worst wrestler. Oh, God, there's a massive list here. Jesus Christ. Uh, a few of them, like, outside WC as well. I, I always thought Vampire was absolute shit. Stagged him off quite a lot. Shane Douglas, I've always detested. Um, Reno. Again, Reno. Again, I um, I slagged off Mike Sanders quite a lot. Because for, for whatever reason, history 
of, of a history of the wrestling of the internet has just let us know that Mike Sanders was actually a really good promo and he wasn't. Mm. It, it was just a confident guy, but he just, nothing he ever said was actually compelling. He, he probably stood out more because the rest of the natural brawn thrillers couldn't talk for shit because they're all no, green. No. Very green. That's the thing. Sand, a lot of the WWE roster couldn't talk for shit, but I think Sanders was worse because that was what he did. But he wasn't very good at it, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I'm trying to try to think who else bad. Um, I mean, God, where do we where do we begin? O- the dog. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, the dog. The dog. Um, B- B- Brian Nobbs had a few matches in there in 2000. Paisley. Oh God, yeah, yeah, she was terrible. Um, well, he'd probably say, apart from, like, maybe Daphne, all the women, because you could tell that they weren't trained properly, probably got in the wrestling ring. Yeah. Which, again, was a lawsuit waiting to happen. You could tell they basically had about two bump jaws. Medu- Medusa. Medusa. She was terrible. I wouldn't go that far, Medusa. Uh, oh. She was always she was always carried by the likes of Bordecano back in the day, but I, I wouldn't say she was awful, awful. Oh, she, she had some stinkers during this period, though. Yeah. There's obviously, but... like, the, the stuff with Oklahoma, the stuff with, um, she's bigger than China, Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss Elizabeth. But again, Scaffold match. But again, you're getting Miss Elizabeth to wrestle. That, that's another one, you know. It's really incredible stuff in hindsight of it actually happened. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot Jimmy Hart and Mankow. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's worse, the fact that that happened or that Mankow was better than Jimmy Hart. Mark Madden wrestled. He did. He did. A couple of times. There's been some bad. Absolute bad. Vince Russo, WCW champion. David Arquette. Um, (laughs) David Arquette, who, in fairness to him, at least the passion was there. God, it seems ages ago, that, doesn't it, David Arquette? Oh, when he made his comeback? Yeah. Yeah, it was. A few years now. Fucking madness. It's got another screen film coming out, at least. So, at least there's still everybody. Yeah. There you go. Um, I think that's the worst. The best, you probably know, Booker T, Steiner. Um, Yeah. It's the same answer. Um, Preference Steiner, but um, both you 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 can't you can put anything between them. They're both really excelled this year. Yeah, uh, don't think there's anyone else of the best, really. Not really. I mean, Sting and uh, Sting did his thing, Goldberg did his thing. Landstorm didn't really have the opponents. Mike Olson. he come across better than actually forty. Did. He did have for your opponents, so did he? No, no, not no. really. He, they needed to bring him to Naka, basically. His best matches were probably against Scott Steiner <coughs> and Petit as well. Yeah, 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 it was. So there, there, there you go. I think that's uh, WCW 2000. Done. We're not doing any more. Finally. Nope. All done. I'm almost losing my voice here because of WCW 2000, so god damn it. <laughs> Getting me so, one last time. So um, ne- next time, well, next year, we're going to be doing a run-through the pay-per-views of 2005 TNA. 
which um, is mm. probably one of their best years. I very look forward to it. Yeah, I really am. It's it's an interesting time for TNA as well. It's the beginning to TNA becoming the TNA that we came to love for a few years. Yes, but we're not quite. But we're not quite there at the beginning of it. So I'm going to be very interested to see uh, what we come up with. I think one of the pay-per-views, though, is TNA Lockdown 2005, which we've reviewed already. Uh, that This was a couple of years ago, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it, it again. It's a good pay-per-view. I mean, to be fair, I don't think listeners could actually uh, find that episode, can they? Have a minute. And I think you can actually play it on uh, on Spotify if you're lucky. But Okay, okay. But I'll say, so I'm aware that episode doesn't exist. Yes, it's gone to the annals of uh, time. Yeah. It's a five and a half hour episode, I remember, because we did oh, think yeah. it me, you, Jeff, and uh, Eddie Sideburns who did it that. It was, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during lockdown. An actual lockdown, lockdown, yeah. I, I, I'm happy to watch that one again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one with AJ and Abyss as the main event. It was, yes. Yeah, it was. Fucking cracker. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that one again, definitely. So yeah, that's um that's the new year TNA. But Chris, have you got any plugs? Uh yes, uh, you can listen to Cinema Tree and all the normal podcasting outlets. Our latest episode one episode one hundred twenty five is uh, of Aliens. We've actually doing the bona fide James Cameron classic. Timely for James Cameron giving advertise out this weekend. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, so we have a run through one of the best films of all time. Casually enough. For, for a random uh, Sunday in December, and uh, yeah, and personally, you can find me on Instagram at Chris Wilson Graham. Follow Wilson on the Wilson Graham. Uh, yes. Uh, follow me on um, the old Twitter um, at Oggie Part Three and at uh, GCP Podcast One. Follow us on Instagram, Cortol Star One Five Nine, named after one of my favourite horses of all time. Um, not not one five nine, just caught all star. But yeah, um, on G on GCP, still we have still got one episode this year to come. Um, we're not doing any awards. I asked Jeff; he can't be asked. I can't be asked. But I, I'll put up a Twitter. Is this thread because someone will complain? Sorry, is this because someone will complain? No, no, no. It, it's not. It's not. It's not that. We just yeah. Can't be bothered. It's Christmas. Uh, I can see one. Yeah. <laughs> but there is, there is one more episode to come of GCP this uh, this year, and um, it'll be with Kieran uh, next week, which will be the U. What's it? UWA uh, Rampage episode five, six, and seven. This is Rampage, baby. Yes. Um, so um, you can catch us on that, and also got the uh, BWE Christmas quiz. Uh, which is on it'll be on Pulse Wrestling, um, Pulse Wrestling YouTube, and also on the BWE feed if it's still going the BWE feed. But I'll be on there. So cheers, Chris. That's thank you very much. Glad to have finished this year finally. This has been GCP. Merry Christmas and a happy new year of TNA. TNA.
aggravation 